Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. and welcome. I'm Elizabeth, your host of the Not Old Yet podcast, and we're here today with my good friend, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. As some of our guests may know, you have quite a history in fashion. You became a fashion model at age 13, so over 50 years ago, and you still model to this day. And you are a fashion designer and a production designer, which I just learned means that if it has to do with visual arts and a set or a movie or anything, you're a designer of that. And all I know is that in the 15 years that I've known you, you've been a fashion icon to me because you always look like a million bucks. You wear color, you wear monochromatic, you wear denim, you wear fancy, you wear t-shirts. I'm going to just tell the audience what you came to Denver with. One suitcase and you look like a million bucks. We were there on a business trip together and every day you had something different. And I'll tell you the piece de resistance was the day you came with, I think, the John Lennon t-shirt and <laughs> The red leather pumps, uh, weren't they patent stilettos and tight denim and oh my gosh, girl, you got it going on. So on this episode of Not Old Yet, we're going to talk about women and men, but we're going to talk about what are some of these style basics of getting it right at any age, but certainly at an advanced age, and I've talked about this on other podcasts without the benefit of having you on, that the clothing for larger people, the clothing for older people are just heinous, terrible fashions, terrible designs, patterns that just don't make sense to me. And my style icon is Jane Fonda currently. You know, that girl knocks it out of the park most of the time, just like you. And how amazing you and Jane look. And how can we get it right? Look what I'm wearing. I'm wearing black on black. No, I'm trying to jazz it up because this is sheer on top of something more uh, fitted underneath. Because as the guy I'm seeing just told me again yesterday, you don't like to show your body, do you? And I said, no, I don't like to show my body. So I conceal it. But I'm black on black today, and look at you, you're a beautiful, uh, I'm going to call that uh, sunflower yellow, crisp shirt, collar turned up. Girl, okay, give us some advice. Help us out. We talked about packing, so that was helpful. So now tell us what clothes to pack that are just good basics that will wear out, because I think I shared with you and you concurred. I went to a style consultant once years ago, and she said, Elizabeth, we all only wear about 20% of what's in our closet. And you said that's probably about accurate, right? That's right. So we all have our go-to favorites, but let's help us so that those are not go-to favorites that are fashion don'ts. Let's get fashion do's. All right. One of the best things that you can have in your wardrobe, and it's universal, it'll take you anywhere, and it goes with anything, is a white cotton dress shirt, long sleeve, button down. That'll take you everywhere. I got one recently because you told me to. I never had owned one in my entire life. I got it at Ross, Calvin Klein, 10 bucks. Love it. Can't go wrong with that. Good advice. What else? A white t-shirt. And I mean white, clean, pristine, 
new, nicely fitting, wear it with everything. I'm always afraid that I'm going to look like I'm borrowing my guy's t-shirt. And then there's t-shirts and then there's t-shirts. Like there's some amazing t-shirts that the cotton is just buttery and thick. And how do we wear t-shirt and not look like we're going to the gym? And what kind of t-shirt are you talking about? I'm talking about a good medium weight cotton t-shirt. It can be V, it can be uh, crew neck, either one. It should not be falling off your shoulders. It should have the same seam length where all the other sleeve seams hit on you. And so don't think oversized, think fitted. This will go great with a pencil skirt. It will go great with a dark pair of slacks. And it goes fabulous with a dark rinse pair of jeans. And do we tuck it in or do we wear it out? You tuck it in. Tuck it in loosely. You can even do a half tuck. If you're more concerned about the rear end showing, maybe a little bit too much, tuck it loosely into the front as it gets to the sides, let it roll out and let it just drape nicely in the back. Oh, okay. I've seen that. I've seen that with other things that are more flowy, not like white t-shirts. I haven't seen it left out in the back, tucked in the front, but that's a good idea. Definitely one thing I think about immediately is when you think about tucking stuff in, I think about what kind of jean are you wearing? Are you wearing pleats? Are you wearing dad jeans? You know, what kind of denim should we be wearing? I see everything now. I see the low waist. I see the high waist. I see everything. A medium to a higher waist. I wouldn't go the real high waist. And then a dark rinse. That means a dark navy, a dark blue rinse. It's dressy and it doesn't lock you into the black and white mode. It's actually much more wearable if it's a very dark blue rinse. And stay away from the skinny jeans. Go with a slim fit cut. A slim leg jean is very fitting but it's flattering. It isn't tight. It won't hug you. I love Not Your Daughter's Jeans as a brand for me, and I'm, you know, curvy. They fit me. Do you have any brands of jeans that you really like? I mean, I find it offensive to pay over a hundred bucks for a pair of jeans. Some people can and do. I love the value, and I do get jeans at Ross, but Not Your Daughter's Jeans are pretty darn good for fit and stretch. They're also a good favorite of mine. I have a small waist, and so it fits my shape very well. But I also know that it fits an awful lot of my friends. We all have different shapes, and they enjoy them too. And so it's worth trying on several different sizes. Look at it from different angles in the dressing room, and then sit in them and see if there's a gap at the back. If so, you're not going to wear them on a regular basis. Make sure it fits everywhere. I used to be terrified of denim. I didn't own denim except for I have a Levi's jacket that I think I've had for 50 years. No, not 50, 40. But I used to be terrified. I mean, but my weight was all over the place and even getting me to try them on was an act of God. And so getting one or two good denim pieces in your wardrobe Sounds great, but it may be really hard for some people. It certainly was for me. And But I think if you do look, that's a great tip. Uh, The two pairs of jeans that I currently own are dark wash. I never even thought about it, but I just kind of instinctively got rid of the lighter ones. To me, they started to look like kid jeans, and they just didn't look serious, I guess. So what else about denim? What about matching denim and denim? Like if you have an old denim jacket or you buy a new denim jacket, does that need to match tone on tone, the same exact blue? No. In fact, I would just do the opposite. I would wear the denim jacket in a medium rinse, not real light. The medium rinse is obvious when you're looking at the three, for example, in a store. But if you were to pair that with a dark pair of jeans, Most of us are a little heavier on the bottom than we are on the top. 
And if you're one of those rare people that is very well proportioned, you're still going to want to have the focus more on the top because the emphasis regarding you as you walk into a room or you're talking to someone is your face. And yeah. so the lighter colors will bring the eye up to your face. And it was also diminish if you're wearing a dark rinse jean on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Jane Fonda because she wears denim beautifully. And what I see on the show, if I, I'm just going by memory because I haven't seen it in a while, but is she has dark lean denim sometimes. And just like you said, a dark wash, nicely fitted, not, you know, skin tight. And they're a pretty medium high waist, but they don't look like granny jeans on her. And then she's usually got a monochromatic multi-layer something going on on top or just something very simple. Mm-hmm. And she, I don't know if it's her or her stylist or both on the show, but it just puts together such a polished look. And that's what you've always got. It, nothing ever looks like an accident. Here's a question. Do you believe you should always take off an accessory before you go out the door? Do you subscribe to that? Yes, I do. You do. Okay. So less is more in the accessories. Let's talk about accessories. And then I want to come back to Jane's look and other things that are the essentials. Because you said a white basic uh, t-shirt and a white basic cotton shirt, but uh, not button down, but collared, you said with long sleeves, right? We're talking about the cotton dress shirt. Yeah, a cotton dresser. Right. Okay. And I want to get back to other basics that need to be in every woman's wardrobe, regardless of their age, their size, their profession, you know, things like that. So why don't we go there next? Let's just keep going. We've got the two white pieces. I would go with two blazers, a navy blazer or jacket and a white. It can be winter white, depending on your coloring or a summer white. It doesn't matter. Again, it has to do with your coloring. Both are flattering. Both will dress up something. It will make it look seasonal depending on which color you have, but you can also transition that throughout all four seasons. The same thing with the navy blazer. The navy blazer goes really well with a white pair of jeans. Again, the dark rinse jeans but it's something that a navy blazer or white will go with anything. It pulls together something. It gives you a polished professional look, but at the same time can be very casual. Yeah, good advice. What else? What other pieces does every woman need? An LBD, a little black dress, something simple, not frilly, not fancy, no ruffles, very, very simple so that that way you can dress it down, you can dress it up. It'll take you everywhere from traveling with maybe a straw hat and a pair of sandals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can take you to lunch with a pair of flats or espadrilles, and it can take you to dinner with a pair of heels, maybe a pashmina or a jacket, and it can also go to the office. Yeah, I've really started to look at dresses very differently and recently uh, packed and took two dresses, which just for me is unparalleled. But they were going to go from being a swimsuit cover-up to going out at night, depending on what I put it with. Both dresses, another plug for Ross, cut them at Ross. They have some amazing things. And I think, you know, a high price at Ross is 25 30 bucks. And uh, great pieces that you can get. You don't have to break the bank on the little black dress. And the little black dress, to me, has a connotation of the kind of going out in the evening. But the little black dress really is 24-7 now. It is. You can take it into the boardroom. You can take it to coffee in the morning. You can take it to the pool. So, yeah, that's a great one. And this goes, I'm going to just review really quickly the three pairs of shoes that you said to pack because the little black dress could go with all of those. The first one was the walking shoe that you're going to wear on the plane. The second one was the nice flat that could go up or down and your little black dress goes right along with that. 
and then finally a pair of sandals or flip-flops and your little right. black dress can go with that so do you have any favorite places that you like to get little black dresses i shop around a lot i keep my eyes open wherever i'm at i do like old navy mm. the black, though i always see patterns there their patterns drive me crazy because I'm not a pattern girl at all. I am very basic. I don't do a lot of patterns. Uh, patterns tend to be more trendy mm -hmm. and that's not a staple. They do have solids and so I would suggest going to that. As yeah. far as the overall shape of an LBD, if you go with a fit and flare, it's going to flatter you most. And it will also take care of a few extra pounds if you happen to be traveling or splurging. And it I goes. I just went on a trip, literally. I don't even want to tell you guys how much weight I gained. But I was so glad everything that I took was number one, stretch. Number two, when I arrived for the trip, everything was big. Because when I went home, everything fit. I was like, Damn it, what did I do in a week? But yes, you want things that are that have some give all the time, but certainly if you're gonna go on a trip. Well, plus if it's a fit and flare, that's a little bit more not just forgiving, but a lot more flattering. The looser fit is more comfortable when you travel. Mm. And if you can keep it around your knee length, that will also take you, for example, traveling into the religious sector and so that you've got everything covered. If there's movement in it, it tends to be a little bit more casual. If it's fitted, it tends to be more dressy. Mm -hmm. if it's on the fit and flare side. You can actually wear a great pair of sneakers with it, like a white pair, maybe a pale pink pair of sneakers with it, and then throw on that denim jacket. Mm. It's casual, it's fun, it's trendy, but it's also a classic. Yeah, that would be cute. That's a great idea. I was thinking of the pashmina idea too. If you kind of do a blue theme with your clothes, blue and white or black and white, you can bring in those beautiful hints of color with the pashminas and scarves and other things around the neck. A lot of people want to hide their neck anyway, so it's always nice to bring in some colors, but not too many patterns. And be careful of the dated patterns. That's one thing I notice in scarves. A lot of people wear, you know, treasured scarves, but they can be sometimes threadbare and they can be uh, really dated. Even, you know, I don't know, what's your opinion? Okay, here's a question. If you have, I, I have lots of old Christian Dior stuff, you know, real beautiful stuff from the 80s, from the Dior vendors back then, the scarves, the, all the tchotchkes and everything. What if you have a beautiful Hermes scarf, but, it, you know, it's clearly dated. Would you just wear it? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, what I would do, just for a bit of movement, it's nice to have it with you if it gets windy, if it gets a little chilly, but I usually will tie a fabulous silk scarf with a great pattern mm -hmm. at the back part of my bag, my purse. Oh, you have done that. You've got to bring that on another show because that, that is rocking awesome. That's a great way to use your scarves. It adds movement. It adds a little bit of pattern, a lot more color, but you'd be surprised how many conversations that get started because I have a scarf and because I wear it there. Right. Great idea. What can we do? Well, first of all, what's your opinion of yoga pants? Depends on the type of yoga pants. Practically go to the freaking boardroom now. What's up with that? Okay. First of all, those so, things with the cutouts and all those crazy patterns that people put on it. Oh, I just think they're so tacky. What's up? I, is it just me? You're the fashionista. Yeah. No. A lot of times women get a little too comfortable in wearing something because, let's face it, athleisure wear is comfortable. But there's a reason why it's co coined athleisure wear. It's for the gym, it's for working out, it's for yoga, it's for walking and running and hiking. It's not for the boardroom. It's, it's not, not even 
or restaurant. I don't think. Come on, people, you can do better than that, right? And then, so very few really should be in those pants. You know, I don't know. There's such a decorum. We've lost all that, even caring. You know, and somehow just comfort has become paramount, which I guess is good. I mean, but do you think that there's that it's fine to wear those? They have a place. I don't think they work in the work facility. I don't think they work going out for the evening. There is a place for them, but usually it's the gym or the yoga mat. I agree. What about skirts? Like, how do we know which ones to wear, which ones to keep, which hemlines? I mean, I've kept all the various hemlines over the years at different times. And then gradually I've kind of gotten rid of all of the long hemlines because of my height mostly. But what should we be doing with hems and skirts? With with hems, it has to do with modesty. It has to do with where you're wearing it. And it depends on how you wear it. If you've got something that is the same length as your fingertips, it's too short. It's just too short. If you have something that... See where that is, the length. So that's about three inches above my knee. Yes. And you're saying that's too short? Yes. Okay. Well, I would never wear anything that length anyways. I agree that's too short. I've seen some. However, if it's a couple of inches at the most above your knee, that's perfectly acceptable depending on how you're wearing it. If it's a golf skirt, a skirt, a pair of walking shorts, that's where they're all going to hit. And that works just fine. Dressing for the evening in something like that, probably not the best choice. Although we have a mutual friend who is 67 at least, I think, and she wears mini skirts and she totally rocks them. She's got the body, she's got the attitude, she's got it all and uh she does it so now she does wear tights with it and so that makes a difference 100 percent. yes and so you can get away with something like that depending on the shape of your legs yeah you better have good legs for that right and we're not talking sheer stockings we're talking opaque tights she knows how to pull it all together. I would say that she's an outlier and not representative of most people, young or old, that can't wear mini skirts and shouldn't wear mini skirts. Boy, do I see a lot of fashion notes in that department down here in LA. But just be careful with the length and look at yourself. I sit in front of a mirror. I think that's important. Look and see what the length looks like when you're sitting. Actually, a good tip is to turn around and look what other people are seeing because the backs of our legs from our knees up usually are not the most attractive part of our bodies. Yeah. Then, oh, well, then, you could also uh, have someone photograph you from behind and show it to you. That happened to me. And I was like, what? Those shorts are hideous on me. And I was like, more to looking at myself from behind and I had no idea so fantastic idea either look in the mirror yourself or have someone photograph you and bend over slightly bend to the front as you're looking in a rear view oh, mirror oh. horrified <laughs> oh it's too bad that we can't make fakes permanent <laughs> so let's talk about the different types of skirts There are several that are a type of jersey. They're uh, small knife pleats. And as you move, as you turn, they've got a great swish to them. And they are so flattering. They're flattering on all body types. I don't try to get just under your knee to just below your calf. Anywhere in there, depending on your height will be so flattering on you. Where do you get those? Oh, you can get them just about anywhere, any store. 
usually has them. They've actually been popular for about three years now, maybe four. And they're so, so flattering and they're easy to wear. They're a multi pleat skirt? Yes. And they Small don't... pleats. Maybe an inch at the most, all the way around. And they're self-pleating. So it's not like um, they're going to lose their pleat when you sit down on the skirt and stand up. They're mm-hmm. self-pleating. But for example, I've got one in kind of a burgundy, purplish plum color. And I wear it with a t-shirt and I wear it with really nice sandals, sometimes platforms. It's easy. It's flattering. It's very cool in the summer. And then you can layer it up. Now, don't you need to be pretty thin to wear that? No. No? The pleats no. go on all sizes? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm still not quite sure what you're talking about, but I have a few skirts with pleats in them. Another is pencil skirts. Pencil skirts are straight up and down. We're not talking about form-fitting. We're not talking about a bandage skirt. We're talking about pencil skirt, which is straight up and down. And so it would fit you at your widest point comfortably. Mm. So we're not talking about a lot of stretch. We're not talking about much give. And then it hangs down straight from the widest point, which are your hips. And it can be really flattering. I wear those with, again, a dress shirt, but I'll also wear them with T-shirts and what I like to do is wear them with strappy heels. And that's my go-to as far as going out on the town, even meeting with girls if it's a fancier place. It's casual, but it's dressier. And I like dressing high-low. So when you say high-low, you mean like T-shirt and pencil skirt? Yes, and heels. Gotcha. Or I might wear... I might wear like skinny jeans, for example, and a t-shirt and a nice pair of pumps. Mm -hmm. Pointing toe is usually more flattering. It gives you a longer, leaner look than a round toe. Yep, I agree. And boots, long, lean boots. Mm -hmm. So what about the length of the skirt and your height? Does that make any difference anymore? It does. If you are super short, and I'm talking about five feet or so, you don't want to go super short and you do not want to go anything lower than right below the kneecap. That should be the longest. And never, ever have your skirt length at the widest part of your calf because the eye gets tricked. If as your legs are curved like this, this is your knee, this is your calf, this is your ankle. Mm -hmm. If you cut the hemline, stop the hemline here, the eye sees this and it goes in. If you cut it at the widest point, that is going to make it look like a tree stump and it will do just the opposite. Yeah. I think the look that I get in my head is of your old Italian grandma, you know, shuffling with her cane with her long skirt that goes, hangs down to the middle of her calves you know and she looks like she has tree stumps for legs that's what I think about Uh, so when you're shorter you want to not wear longer things well I find that they're just not flattering on me anymore either the super long stuff now I've probably shrunk over the years but still I'm finding the just above at or just below the knee to be kind of the sweet spot for me right now um what about other basics? You said two blazers, so a white and a navy. Uh, we've got a couple of shirts, a t-shirt. I would always add a cami, of course, a cami or three. <laughs> and uh, what other basics? What about pants? And Well, I was going to go, before we go to the pants, following up with the blazers, you can't go wrong with a really great black leather jacket. They're mm-hmm. universal. Yep. I bought one once that I regretted, and it was a lined, fleece lined, and it had a lot of adornments. And I wore it one half time. <laughs> That's it. And then I ended up giving it away. So tell us what are some timeless features we should look at for a black uh, leather 
blazer? Because I think there are, did you say blazer or coat? Or what are we wearing this for? Jacket. It's a black leather jacket. Lamb's skin is soft. It's durable. It only gets better with time. Find something that fits you well when you're wearing something as a t-shirt or comfortable enough that you can wear a sweater underneath it. Not a big bulky sweater, but nevertheless a sweater. This way you can wear that leather jacket in every single season and it'll take you everywhere. So what adornments should we avoid in a leather jacket? I can certainly tell you any kind of brass and stuff for me ended up being a complete fashion don't. What kind of a jacket? Should it look like a blazer? Should it look like a biker jacket? Should it have any adornments on it? The more adornments that you have and the more moto style you have, the lesser opportunities you're going to be able to wear it. So if you have one with a straight seam or a straight sleeve, just like a regular blazer, but without any buttons at the cuff, and then a regular collar and say uh, a zip front, and it could have seam pockets with a seaming down the, the center, or they can have it on the side. Either way, it would be flattering. You don't want it too long and you don't want it to your waist. Somewhere in between is most flattering and it will also carry you all four seasons and you can wear it up and down. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice for sure is one good leather jacket. Love that piece of advice. Do you have anywhere to recommend to go? I found one at Ross again. Found one for my son. I mean, it's just unbelievable. What else? Do you have a suggestion for leather? I found a great leather jacket about uh, five years ago, maybe four years ago at Macy's. Mm -hmm. And it was right after the season. The prices were slashed. It was a lambskin leather. I get more compliments on that. And remember, leather, a good quality leather. As it breaks in, it only gets better. It's soft. It's buttery soft. It's flattering. And it goes with everything. Yeah. And you and I generally are fans of buying and holding. So picking up quality stuff and holding on to it and not letting it go. I wanted to make a comment about denim from the learnings that I've had from friendships over the years of people in this industry, and you are one of them. And I think we should talk a little bit about denim because that distressing of the denim, I know comes at a very high price. Denim is extremely toxic to the environment. And I think that a great place to look for denim is at secondhand stores, you know, so that we're recycling our denim as much as possible. But every bit of distress, you know, with color fading and all of those shreds and tears that we've got, that all costs money, makes a toxic environment, um, costs human labor. I, it's just incredibly bad. So what can we do to make denim consumption healthier? Is there anything you can suggest? We've got lots of friends in that industry. We do. So the different washes... The more multiple washes, for example, I'm going to use uh, acid wash, for example. And that it, makes the light stuff, right? Yes, but it's spattered. It's uh, patterned. And that goes through a series of processes with chemicals and with different dyes. These are not organic dyes. What do you mean pattern? The pattern, it's the appearance of it. Is It's a modeled type of flecking for the different shades of denim that you see in, for example, one pair of jeans. And the problem in regards to making that the way that it looks, and that includes the fade, that includes the distressing that you see around pockets and so forth, and whiskering. Whiskering, we don't see quite as much as we used to. 
but would, what would normally sit in a pair of jeans and the sunlight would hit up and fade that area as you stand up, then you see the whiskering. Oh, yeah. That is part of what I'm talking about as well. The problem is, is that the chemicals that are used and the dyes that are used, mm -hmm. they are ending up in the drinking water. <clears throat> they are ending up in the rivers, in the creeks, in the streams that these individuals in Southeast Asia, Bangladesh, for example, are drinking. And then the water is washed out to the ocean where our seafood also drink it. And so it's a really serious problem. And when it comes to the dirtiest industries in the world, the fuel industry is, of course, at the top. But unfortunately, right after that is the apparel industry. And the biggest chunk of that is denim. Yeah, and denim is massive. Our consumption of denim, and to think it's, what, 100 years old? How old is denim? Over 100. But not much, right? No, it goes, it goes back to the late 1800s, actually. I know, but that's in the history of fashion. Denim is, okay, I'm just going to say less than 150 years old. And then you think about as a contributor to the toxicity of our world. And nobody knows this. We're all freaking out about ozone and all that stuff, but nobody understands denim, what we consume at this massive rate. And like you said, what we do is distress and color and pattern and bleach and cause harm, you know, to the denim. Now that's the big thing is distressing the denim. And we're just taking a toxic industry and making it more toxic. I don't know if you know this, but is there a harm to the end user of wearing denim? We know that it's terrible for the environment to make denim. Well, actually, that is something that um, I have looked at over the last couple of years. And that is the absorption that the skin may or may not have wearing these chemicals that have been soaked into, burned into, dyed into the fabrics that we're wearing. And as it is now, the average woman has seven pairs of jeans in her closet and three denim jackets. That's an average. And I know several have gotten way more than that. Wow. So massive industry, massive industry, but it hasn't been moving forward to do anything about the drinking water and the chemicals and the toxic waste. If you can look at some of the rivers, this is one of the reasons why I travel the way that I do and I speak out for fair trade practices and I'm a sustainable organic designer and have been for decades. But one of the things that I've had to do is go around in, in these various different countries and speak out against these practices. Now we're talking billions of dollars that are going into this. So it's not like one designer is going to be able to make a difference. Mm -hmm. But the more knowledge that gets out there, the better off it will be because things will change gradually, but they will change. Photos are online about some of these rivers and they are indigo blue. The indigo blue is the main dye that's used in the process to color jeans. If you look at the creeks and the rivers and the streams, that's the color they are. And then you look at the people, for example, again, Bangladesh, that drink the water their skin is turning this funny, awful shade of blue. Their lips are blue. This is the only drinking water they have. Whoa, that is just crazy. I hope that this is not the case with fast fashion. I've used the statistic before talking about fast fashion. Every garment that is purchased results in one to two that end up in landfill with the tags still on. And that's because 
partially because the lead times, they are so short that they don't know who's going to buy what. And so they take it off the fashion runway, get it into production and get it to you, the consumer, in such a short period of time, they have to overproduce because they don't know what anyone's going to buy. And so if you come in and you buy a size X and then Y and Z never get bought because nobody wanted that, they end up in a landfill with tags on them. Can you imagine if that happens in denim where it's toxic to make? I mean, a lot of this stuff is toxic to make. Like you said, this is just crazy. It's one of the biggest contributors to pollution in the world is the fashion industry. And everyone that's in the industry knows it. And everyone keeps doing the same thing. And it's so hard because, like you said, multi-billions of dollars. I mean, we have some friends, a friend in particular that worked for one company, a fashion company, that was a $9 billion a year fashion company. I mean, imagine, that's just one small chain in the world. Imagine how many billions, I'm sure we're talking trillions and are going into fashion and we know how to do things differently and we know we need to but we're not am i not correct no you're correct there's so much at stake trillions of dollars at stake in industries that you're going to completely topple and disrupt and everything but other issues in fashion that you want to talk about is i mean i'm all jazzed up about denim only because I know how much denim is out there. Just go to look at any secondhand shop and the one rack that is teeming above any other is almost always denim. But that's where you can also find the gems. Go into a thrift store, buy your denim there. More than likely, if it's 15, 20 years old, it isn't going to have a lot of the extra toxicity that they do now. It won't oh, really? have the distressing factors oh. in it. Mm -hmm. It will have been careworn over the decades. And then you're also getting a great deal. Yeah, that's a great idea. I've had friends that have gotten priceless Levi's at Goodwill jeans and uh, jackets. But you know, you kind of have to hunt for those things. Mm -hmm. I went into a secondhand store the other day in Beverly Hills, I was driving by and I was like, well, I got to go see what they have. And uh, they had amazing stuff, but they also had amazing price tags. But if you want those finds, you have to go to the more out of the way goodwill types, but they're there for mm -hmm. sure. What else? Anything else for the basics? So pants, we didn't get there yet. Did we talking about, yes, about bell bottom, straight leg, Pencil leg, cropped pants. What's the skinny on that? If we're not traveling, when we, we're on the travel blog that we did, we were talking about wearing those parachute weight with the zip on and off shorts so that you, or pants zip on and off to the shorts so that you can have that versatility. But I would say those are definitely not appropriate for every day. Yeah. Uh, so, so what about pants? And all right. So pants. Look at a straight leg pant. That is something that will carry you everywhere. It's classic. Choose the colors that are most prevalent in your wardrobe. If you're a, a black and a white gal, if you're brown is a classic, charcoal is a classic, white as well as winter white, navy. Those are all in tan. Those are all classics. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a really good medium weight straight leg pant. Something that hits you at your ankles or just a tiny bit lower than that. You don't need anything touching the ground. That's just going to create problems with you going up steps or anything else. Beware of crop pants. Crop pants are not the most flattering depending on where they hit. Remember, we were talking about the widest length of your calf and an awful lot of those crop pants, especially the ones that are more flared, stop right there. And they yes. are the most unflattering things created for women. Stay I, with. 
Listen, we're going to need to put together a fashion don't list. And I would have to say those knit crop pants have got to go uh, where they're just straight and like, or maybe a little flared and they go mid calf and have elastic waistbands. There's hardly mm -hmm. anything worse. And they just flood the market for the older woman and the fatter woman. And they make you look terrible. Plus they generally are too thin and, uh, no, no. I refer to those as SME pants. Remember SME in Peter Pan and Captain Hook? And he was the comedic, poking the fun of type pirate? I do not remember him, no. SME pants. SME pants, okay. Well, they're definite fashion don't pants. Other things I would say are fashion don'ts or cap sleeves for most people. They don't work. Just uh, cap sleeves will work okay for someone who's got a well-defined upper shoulder with a nice cut. Maybe they work out or they've got thinner arms, but you're still going to have to be mindful as to how loose your arms are in the upper portion of it because it does tend to move. Yeah, I think those are fashion don'ts, but uh, we can see. What else are fashion don'ts? Fashion don'ts would be? Well, I would say showing your hoochie-coo, like in tights or leggings and not covering with a tunic or something like that. I just don't think you want to be doing that. Let's talk about leggings for a second. Not all leggings are created equal. Let's no. say that again. Not all leggings are created equal. If you can look at it and look through it and you can see the light, don't wear it. So you mean wear like it. a single layer like or a double layer? A single no, layer? single layer. Okay. And just as if you were wearing it because once it's stretched on the body, it tends to get thinner. And you can see everything. Yeah. So if you're wearing it around the house or you're wearing something like you mentioned, a tunic over it, you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. But most people are not. Yeah. So leggings should be thicker and thicker. Right. Opaque. We don't want to see anything. We don't want to see ripples. We don't want to see panty lines. We don't want to see that you're wearing a red pair of panties and you've got a black pair of leggings and goodness stay away from white leggings and it doesn't make any difference what body style you have don't wear them and white pants judiciously white pants are great they are they scream summer yeah but you want it thick enough and you don't want it pencil you don't want it tight no skinnies mm -hmm. no skinnies and then for shoes, I mean, I have talked about this. I wear Uggs or Ugg knockoffs now. I do not like to wear heels, but I think the kiss of death is like an orthotic shoe or wearing constantly tennis shoes. I just think that's not necessary, although I wear the Ugg knockoffs mostly. Tennis shoes are casual. They just changed the look of the whole outfit. What kind of basic shoes should we be looking for for winter and shoulder seasons and summer? If we're not wanting to wear heels, how can we not date ourselves with shoes? Well, actually, it depends on the textile and the color. If everyone should have two pair of heels in their wardrobe, one should be black and the other one should be nude. And when I say nude, I mean nude to your skin color. It gives a universal long leg appearance, especially if the toe is pointed or more pointed than, say, a round, a square, or a snub nose shoe. It elongates, it slenderizes, and it blends into your legs, making you look like you've got legs for miles. And it doesn't make any difference how tall or how short you are. It will improve the look and the length of your leg. As far as other shoes, you want a good athletic shoe, 
something that will take you to a good long walk, maybe a little bit of hiking, something around the house, something you could also wear in the garden, at mm-hmm. least something like that. Make sure the fit is really, really good. Try it on with socks. And if you need to be fitted, there are many, many great athletic stores out there where they will fit you because they're trained to do that. Especially Mm -hmm. if you're going to be walking the Campo de Santiago in Spain, for example. That's a long, long walk. If you're hiking the cobblestones in Italy, if you're going hiking, uh, some severe hiking, it's really, really important to have your feet fitted by an expert because mm-hmm. once you've been walking for an hour or two, your feet are going to swell. Yeah, good advice. The other thing that I think people don't really think about in terms of fashion is patterns and how dated they get so quickly. And give us some advice on when to bring in patterns and when not to. As I was sharing earlier, one of my fashion icons is Jane Fonda and you. And I don't see you wearing a lot of patterns and I don't see her wearing a lot of patterns. I don't wear a lot anyway, but give us advice, to, especially to those of us that are drawn to patterns that I'm not sure they should. I think a lot of those are fashion don'ts and I don't know why they even make them. It drives me crazy. Well, an overall pattern scale that is large is going to make you look large. And you can be itty-bitty, but if you've got moo-moo-type prints, it's going to enlarge in you. And who wants that? So no large prints? No large prints. Be wary of large geometrical or really busy patterns because that can take away from your face. It also makes the rest of you look very busy, jumbled. It adds too much. Simplify, simplify. And what about florals? I was sharing on that other podcast with you that one person I spoke to said florals are the most popular pattern that are sold. What florals are good season? Is there any that can carry over season to season, or are they always going to be something very on trend and something you should limit. Actually, florals are not timeless. They come and go. For example, spring and this summer has been very, very tiny, sporadic flower prints, very small patterns. And this would be reminiscent of the country dresses that you would see in the 40s. And that they were, in fact, the style of dress is very similar with a button down and very loose, casual type of fabric. Mm. But that's not going to be the case in fall. And so patterns would change dramatically. Fall, usually you see a little bit more tweeds, some plaids, anything like that. Go minimal on it. Maybe pick one or two throughout the season, and make sure that at least one of those two is more subtle. You can also do the same thing by just picking up a scarf or a jacket or a sweater that has a little bit to that and then adding it to the clothing that you already have that are solids. It'll bring in that same effect, but you won't have a whole closet full of it because it's not going to be that much later in the year that you won't be wearing them at all. Well, if you're just starting your wardrobe, if you're listening and just starting to gather your professional wardrobe or a semi-professional, more casual wardrobe, or if you're older and you're trying to figure out what to save, what to keep, what to throw versus what can I wear again, what's your advice on those things in our closet that we didn't love the first time around necessarily, we bought them. How do we evaluate whether or not, let's just say they fit, so they still fit, which is going to be heroic for many of us to have something that still fits when we bought it. 
but we've never worn it. We're not really sure what to do with it. Any thoughts? Because I did a blog a couple of weeks ago, I think, when I just pulled two things out of my closet with tags on them. One was a pair of jeans that I cut because they were too long and I rolled them up. And the other was a shirt that I had bought that I never worn. And it was the over shirt that was kind of transparent and flared peplum, whatever, you know what I'm saying. And uh, got so many compliments on it. Two things that I never put together, never worn. So I felt like I lucked out. I won the jackpot that day. And now I have another outfit in the rotation. How do you recommend, other than just pure uh, chutzpah on any given day, we evaluate what's in our closet? Because calling out our closet is important. It's full of stuff that we don't need, we don't want necessarily. We don't know if we should bring it out or if we should just give it away with the tags on, which always makes us cringe. So how, how do we evaluate something like quality or what do you, what do you do? Well, actually, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I have uh, several friends that have me come into their closets once or twice a year and go through and I'll say, yes, no, try this on, put that together with this. And more times than not, they don't have to shop any further than maybe one or two items because they have everything they need there. They just keep pulling out the same, maybe four or five outfits over and over. So I'll go through, I'll see what they have. First of all, is it in good wearable condition? Second of all, does it still fit them? Try it on if you're not sure. Look at it, the front, the back, the side. And then set out all the different things and then look at it critically and say, oh my gosh, this could go with that. Now, you might have, for example, a patterned shirt that you just didn't feel comfortable wearing after you bought it. But let's try it underneath maybe a navy blue blazer. And you just have a little bit of pattern showing now. Now it's great. Yes, and I love your idea. Make a, well, make a list of what you think you want and then go to your closet and shop. Exactly. If you have a pencil skirt on your list, go to your closet and pull out all of your skirts. Such a good idea. How many times have I come home with something and I've got one just like it in my closet with the tags on and I had forgotten about it? It's just crazy what you end up just shoving into your closet over the years. The other thing that you had mentioned about skirts is try them on and over. Look at yourself from all angles. Look at the top and the bottom of the skirt. Look at the top and the bottom of the garment. Try it on. Another one, I had saved this beautiful knit top from Nordstrom oh, with the tags on. And I just loved this square top had a square, what do you call it? Neckline, square neckline. And yet I, I bought it off the rack without trying it on, probably at the Nordstrom rack. And because it was such a good deal, I bought it. Then when I finally tried it on, I realized it was too short. I'm long waisted. And so I've been saving it in my closet all those years. And it was about three inches too short at the waistline. So although I was sitting there loving on the neckline that I was sometime going to wear, I don't know when, once it finally got on my body, it was like, oh, well, it's a total fashion don't for me because I'm never going to be comfortable because when I bend over, I'm going to show skin and that's not right. So not right for me. So anyways, try those clothes on. And if you can get a friend like Cindy to come help you and give you some advice, but I love the idea of what you just said to me, take something from your closet. And although you may not have thought about it in that way, look at it from the perspective of, well, could it go under another jacket or garment? Or could it work with another set of clothes already in your closet before you completely disregard it? I'm going to give just a plug for buying that one item that you wonder, will I ever wear it? And for me, I'll share what it is and I'll wear it on the next podcast that we do. It's a jumper 
that has you know a, a collar and it has the cut here on the sleeve so uh, you can't wear a regular bra and it's all one piece with pants you know it's very flowy and I have never worn anything like that in my life I bought it at Ross because it was like 12 bucks and I thought it was cute as a button tried it on a home and I was like dear lord please let me have somewhere to wear it well, I've worn it like five times so far in LA with different jackets, different shoes, from thongs all the way up to the heels, formal jacket, um, informal jacket, my jeans jacket. I'm telling you, I think that that's why I'm such a fan of these lower price stores is that, you know, if you throw away 23, $15, $23, that's a lot different than throwing away thousands. But Put on a, give yourself a budget. Maybe it's just 25, 50 bucks a season and go buy something that's on the, you know, new arrivals aisle. That's what I would say. Get, get a little something different. Don't just go to your standards. And then when you're looking in the mirror before you leave, really look at the shoes. I told my mom recently, and I had a hard time saying this, but I said, mom, look, so adorable and so ageless until we get to those shoes and her her outfit was just cute as a button and timeless and she looked like she could be 60 years old and she's 77 i think almost 78 and her shoes gave her away and there's just such a need for checking those shoes so that you look appropriate and yet still timeless in the age department <laughs> there's so don't order your shoes from Parade Magazine. It's my best advice. So one of the things that I do, just like I do with my friends, is that I will go through my closet. And I'm no different than any other woman. And I will see what I can rematch that I wouldn't have thought of before. Mm -hmm. And it gives my wardrobe a little kick and at the same time it stretches it so that I don't have to go shopping in a store. So I had a faded lovingly chambray shirt which is very similar to a denim shirt but it's not denim and then I had uh, an off-white lace pencil skirt on the dressy side. So then I put the two together and I found a very Western cut type of belt that I put over it, tucking the shirt in, and then a simple pair of nude heels. It was great. It's one of my favorite outfits. I wear it a lot. It's comfortable. It's that high low that I was talking about. And it's on point. And I could wear that anywhere. High-low is just such an amazing concept. It works in everything I do. Makeup, skin care, hair care, jewelry. You know, these are costume. This isn't. This is, you know, you buy it everywhere. Shirts and clothes. I go to Ross. I go to, you know, boutiques when I'm on vacation. And all different textures and colors and things. But if you look at quality and you acquire quality over quantity, I think that's so important to emphasize. And fortunately, I think now you can buy what fits you. So just in the case of denim, you could buy the high waist, the medium high to the low, and you can still find all of them today, maybe not everywhere, because one's going to be high, higher demand than the other based on fashion. But also, you can look good in any of those and wear them, and denim's going to be accepted. So the rules of fashion have changed so much from the days you and I have talked about this. You couldn't wear white before Memorial Day, and sandals couldn't come out before Memorial Day. I mean, the conventions that we used to live with that were just so different today it's almost too much anything goes well any final words of wisdom because we're going to sign off here pretty soon yes i'd like to touch briefly on accessories yeah leave the big chunky jewelry in the box 
at least for the next several years. Mm. Think simple, dainty, little chains, bracelets, and thin rings. If you're a silver girl, go for it. If you're a gold girl, go for it. And there's also, of course, rose gold, which is my new favorite. But if you can go very, very dainty, simple right now, works with everything. And here's a good rule of thumb, too. Everyone should have a good watch. Yes, I know we've got our cell phones. But a watch is timeless, it's classic, it's elegant, and it's understated. The other thing is, if you're going to wear a necklace, don't wear earrings. If you're wearing earrings, don't wear a necklace. Really? Really. One or the other. Don't go both. Okay, now, are you saying all the time, or you're just saying no matchy-matchy? What are you saying? No matchy-matchy, and go one or the other. Well, I'm certainly glad that I complied today, but I didn't do so intentionally. I almost always wear earrings and a necklace. So is that a forever thing? No, but it has been probably for the last four or five years. Seriously. Okay. Wow. Less is more. Take the one away. Take off one accessory before you leave. But the chunky, you're saying like that, oh, see how this, see, I wore this chunky stuff to match my nails. But uh, you're saying none of that loose sight, you know, like (sighs) that makes all those noises as you. Actually, bracelets are, have been very much in vogue for the last five years, still are. The layering of necklaces, it would only be in very fine chains, mm-hmm. small, dainty chains. So Three. no Mr. T for us. Yes. And it's the layering of rings too. If you have really thin, small, simple rings, layering them on maybe the same finger, like three at a time or something like that. But if you're going to wear earrings, don't wear a necklace. If you're going to wear a necklace, don't wear the earrings. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. and. We welcome your comments on our fashion advice and fashion tips. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cindy, for being here. You have great input as always. You look amazing and you're one of my style icons. Maybe I'll wear color. No, I'm going to wear my jumpsuit for the next segment. Ooh, yes. So when we come back, we'll be talking about upkeep and things that we do to keep Uh, our anti-aging regimen in full swing and lots of issues that face men and women as we age. So that's coming up next. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Elizabeth, your host of the Not Old Yet podcast. No